0: The NHL season is halfway through, meaning trade deadline is right around the corner. The MLB season is underway, and the Blue Jays are off to a good start. And today I will have a special guest on talking about the Jays and his bold prediction. All this and more today on the Box Score Podcast. Alright hello and welcome to another episode of the Score. A full show is ahead of you today and let's start where we always do with the Calgary Flames. And what can really be said about this season except disappointment and frustration. It started off with a lot of promise, the signing of Jacob Markstrom to solidify our goaltending. We brought in the likes of Chris Tanev and opened up the door for a few prospects to get more playing time. We also all expected Goudreau and Monaghan to have really good seasons, Manjapani and Dubé to take steps forward, Jeff Ward to be the coach of the Team for the foreseeable future, and Matthew can try to carry his tenacity into this season. But all of that has not really come to fruition. Markstrom has faltered as the season has gone on. Johnny and Monty have struggled to be consistent. Monahan, in particular, has struggled to score all season. Plus, the two of them have had a carousel of line mates. Matthew Chuck seems to be a shell of his former self, not playing with a lot of punch and energy like previous seasons. Jeff Ward, he got shown the door, and in came Daryl Sutter. They went 4-0 before a stretch of two wins in about 10 or 11 games. There has not been a lot of depth scoring, or at least not consistent depth scoring. With that being said, the season is not completely over, and it's not a complete loss either. For me, there has been some bright spots. Chris Tenev has been the Flames' best defenseman by far far. You don't notice him much, but he doesn't score much. He is solid in his own end and truly one of the best defensive defensemen. Andrew Mandrapani has taken steps forward, currently with 12 goals on the season. He is one player I would not trade. Elias Lindholm somewhat quietly has led this team in scoring. He is underrated in the NHL. He plays physical as well and he is a true asset to this team going forward. Giordano, he continues to lead and play solid in his own end despite his age. Honestly, though, that might be about it. There have been bright spots here and there, but those have been the constants this season. The trade deadline is right around the corner, as I said, and all eyes are on Sam Bennett. He is the only one I see being moved at the deadline or a couple of days before the deadline. Any other moves will happen in the off-season. i talk more about the Flames in my weekly Garbage Time episodes, but really just wanted to share my thoughts on the season as a whole so far. It has been frustrating to watch this team at times, Some nights they play really good and it just seems like the other team capitalizes on the few mistakes they make. Then they have games where they don't play good, but they could probably have won anyways. And of course, they have struggled to play complete games all season. They'll play a really good first period, a decent second period, and then just crash and burn in the third period, or vice versa. The Flames' playoff hopes have all but dwindled away, so this coming offseason will be the most interesting it has been in a long time. At this point, here are my thoughts on what could happen after this season is over. One of, if not both, Goudreau and Monahan being traded, hopefully for picks and prospects. The Flames not bringing in a lot of support players and letting their rookies get more ice time. I think the likes of Matthew Phillips and Glenn Gowden could get a strong look next season. Wouldn't be surprised to see Oliver Shillington traded as well. My hope is that the Flames only trade one of Goudreau or Monahan and maybe land a big bulky right winger who can score. Again. The season is not over, and my hope is the Flames can go on some kind of miracle run. But the chance of that happening is very slim. And as a Flames fan, it pains me to say all of this, but at some point I have to be realistic and know when it's time for change, and that the Flames can't really win with this current roster. Let's go to a sport which I have seldom talked about on this show, baseball. Luckily, I know a guy who knows baseball very well because, well, I don't. So without rambling on too much, my guest today is my friend, Brett Edco. Hello, everybody. Excited to be here. How's it going, bro? Oh,
1: it's going great. Anytime I get a chance to talk about baseball is something I'm definitely going to take. So I'm looking forward to this.
0: Well, I'm happy to have you here and because... I don't know baseball very well, but I know you know it well through all our conversations over the last little while. Um, And of course, being the only Canadian team in the league, you are a fan of the Toronto Blue Jays.
1: Yep. Toronto Blue Jays are my favorite team overall, but uh, I definitely have other teams that I like too, even though they're not Canadian. But yeah, Toronto is uh, number one.
0: That's fair. And if I had to pick a team too, it would be the Blue Jays, despite the fact that I wear a Yankees hat. I mean, there's a story behind that. Went to New York wanted to fit in not necessarily yankees fan but blue Jays are my number one team as well oh yeah
1: i mean the yankees uh, there's tons of fans for the yankees because they're an iconic team the hat with the ny logo is like one of the most iconic hats of all time so in all sports uh,
0: too (laughs) not just baseball
1: sports yeah it's uh yeah there's a lot of history behind that team so it's hard not to like them
0: it's true uh, so now through our many chats uh, about the Blue Jays, you are very excited for them uh, with all the additions they made this offseason, you know, George Springer, Marcus Simeon are some of the big ones that came in, plus all the young guns, you know, Nate Pearson, Vladdy Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette, just to name a few, so I, I get why you're excited, and uh, after reading a lot about it through throughout the last little while, um, yeah, no, it's an exciting team to, to watch right now and to be excited for for the future. Uh, and you even have a bold prediction, which we'll get to later, but first question. So do you think this off seasons additions and the young players can keep the Blue Jays, um, keep pace with the Yankees and the Rays in the division?
1: Uh, short answer is yes, absolutely. Um, especially with the Rays, the Rays are, uh, in a rebuild this year, um, so they have a lot of young players that are going to be fun to watch and see how they develop, but um, they aren't really going to be contenders this year for any postseason baseball, I don't think. Um, so far this year, they're 2-3. and three. Um, So it's not, it's not going to be their year. They have notable players, though, like Brendan Lau and Austin Meadows, who people will definitely have on their fantasy teams. But other than that, it's going to be a, just a development year basically. Um, But the Yankees are going to be probably the Blue Jays toughest in the division. Um, They have obviously very strong bats like uh, Aaron judge, DJ LeMayhew and Clint Frazier, but also Garrett Cole, who's probably one of the best pitchers of, uh, or in the AL right now, alongside uh, Corey Kluber and Jordan Montgomery. So, uh, I think that um, the Blue Jays do have the ability to hang in with the, with the Yankees, but it's going to really depend on how well our bats do and how well our bullpen does.
0: Um, but overall, I think that, yes, absolutely, we can keep up with the Yankees. In the- Either way, it looks like it might be a bit of a logjam at the top of the ALEs because I was reading about it and a lot of people are still saying the Rays might do well this season. Um, I even saw some predictions having them above the Jays, but um, you know better than I do. And it sounds like the Rays will be in a rebuild. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out this year. Um, But what would be some of the keys to the blue Jays being successful this season? Well, definitely the bats. And you saw that with the pickups
1: that we had this off season that you mentioned with uh, George Springer and Marcus Simeon. But um, we also have, tons of good batters already that we've developed like teoscar hernandez vladimir guerrero jr randall gritchick um biggio and all those players so these young guys that have been with the team for a long time and have really shown that they're going to be powerful hitters um and we also have a very strong bullpen this year Uh, our top three bullpen pitchers i'd say are tyler chatwood jordan romano and Julian Merriweather and especially Jordan Romano and Julian Merriweather. If we're looking at Jordan Romano for example he has a 96 mile per hour fastball that he throws 36 percent of the time and 88 mile per hour slider that he throws 64 percent of the time and his slider has a ton of movement so uh, the The late innings where the batters are used to the starting pitcher throwing fastballs and that kind of stuff, and then they have Jordan Romano coming in as a setup guy, having insane movement on a slider and a really high 90s fastball is going to be tough, really tough for them to handle, and it's shown so far. um, The max exit velocity uh, from hitters off of his pitches is 93.7 miles per hour, which is in the 8 top percent in the league. So these guys are getting weaker hits, and basically, the slower the exit velocity, the less chance there is for a home run, and the easier a ground ball is for the fielders to get a hold of. Mm. And then, if we go to Julian Merriweather, who's kind of been our closer so far this year, um, he has a 98.8 average fastball that is thrown 64% of the time, an 87.9 mile per hour slider. And then an 80 mile per hour changeup. So he's got a fastball that he can throw at like 100 plus miles per hour. And then he has a changeup that's 20 miles per hour slower. Um, it's really hard for batters to get timing correct on that. Hmm. And uh, he has an 83.3% strikeout percentage and zero ERA so far. So he's super strong. Nice. Um, but one of the other keys to the success is the good defensive plays um, by the fielders. Um, Jordan Romano and Julian Merriweather are strikeout pitchers. um, And that's kind of, that's different from the rest of the pitchers on the Blue Jays who are kind of pitch to contact pitchers, which means they're very good at, Getting hitters to hit weak grounders and stuff like that. And they're not necessarily strikeout pitchers. But right. um, because we have a lot of pitch to contact pitchers, we need our defense to be super strong on being able to hit those ground balls and get those outs at first or double plays or whatever it may be. Hmm. And so uh, our pickup, Marcus Simeon, and Bo Bichette have been super, super good on second base and shortstop they've been like tied at the hip essentially nice and like their defensive plays right now are just really really good and uh danny jansen our catcher he's not really known as a very good hitter and he'll always hit ninth but um his he's probably one of the best defensive catchers in the game right now he has really good game calling his pitch selection is really good and his wild pitch blocking is uh, just really, really good, which we've seen so mm-hmm. far this year. Um, so yeah, those are those are my three things: is good bats, strong, strong bullpen, and
0: good defense. Nice. Well, that those are all. They all sound like the building blocks to a potential championship or a playoff run. Uh, I think the saying goes, you know for any sport is that defense wins championships. So, you know, sounding that, you know, the pickup of Simeon and, of course, uh, uh, was it Bijo you mentioned? uh, Definitely sound like they're helping the Blue Jays get those wins by playing good defense, and that will be, I think, for me, I think important in the future for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So the Jays, they've already played a few games this season already, and they've been pretty solid outings, uh, including besting the Yankees a couple of times. Uh, but looking around the league, some teams are putting up some major scores, um, and the Jays, not so much on the run so far. At least from kind of an outsider perspective, um, do you think this is surprising to start the season, or do you think the bats will get going here very soon?
1: Um, it's hard to say. I'm kind of I'm kind of swinging both ways. Obviously, we expected more hits because uh, you had a lot of hype around George Springer, uh, for sure, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is obviously the guy that we're looking for to get lots of home runs, but Mm -hmm. um, it hasn't really happened yet. Even though we're only a few games in um, it's probably a little too soon to be worried, especially since Springer hasn't played his first game yet, but I think he's coming in soon. But um, if we're looking at uh, the batting performances of our players so far, guys like Richick, he's hitting 50% so far. So, Nice. That's really good. Um, Bichette is two fifty percent, or not two fifty percent, twenty five percent. Yeah. With uh, with two homers, Vladimir Guerrero is hitting point uh, two six seven with a home run, and his on base percentage is point four five zero, which is really really good. Yeah. Um. So, we're not getting like tons of runs, but it's. It seems like our guys are getting on base pretty consistently. Mm -hmm. There are a few guys I'm worried about, though. Uh, Kevin Biggio, he's hitting .111 right now with one home run. Mm. Uh, And he's our number two hitter. So he needs to definitely pick things up right away here. Yeah, Teoscar Hernandez is hitting .250, which is pretty good. But he has a strikeout percentage of 35%. And only has one home run Hmm. and then Rowdy Tellez who was our first baseman and is our designated hitter for the most part this year's uh he has no hits on 16 plate appearances so that's a little worrying yeah but then again it's still early in the season and uh I think things will pick up especially once Springer comes back Mm -hmm. but yeah I think it's uh I think we'll have to wait and see, but I'm I'm pretty confident that it's just uh, getting the rust off.
0: Yeah, and I think for me, the one that was surprising me the most is and it, maybe just basing it off last season was uh, Tiosco Tioscar Hernandez because uh, he led the team last year in home runs, So I'm kind of expecting him to to pick it up a little bit more. But again, it's like six seven games into the season, so there's still lots of baseball to be played. Um, and this is just uh, more of me just being curious. Is it a full schedule of baseball this year or is it limited because of covid
1: it's planned to be a full 162 games this year okay. but um it it really depends on how the covid uh season goes like mm. I, I don't know I, it might be like hockey where they play or they try to play as many games as they can they go off win percentage but
0: yeah as of right now the plan is for a full season Sweet. Well, I'm sure that gets you excited, and along with all the other baseball fans, uh, I'm sure they want a full season rather than just, um, you know, half a season or less. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's do some quick hit questions. Do you like what I did there with the the hit? Yes, 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 I do. (laughs) So I'm going (laughs) to fire some questions at you, um, and you just answer them in a couple of sentences, and then we'll see where it goes. Sure. So as of right now, who is the best team in baseball? Okay.
1: The best team, in my opinion, is the Los Angeles Dodgers. Hmm. They're the returning champs. They have insane batting talent and crazy pitching talent. Um, They've got guys like Muncy, Lux, Seager, Turner, Bellinger, and Mookie Betts all on their batting lineup. And then they have... Trevor Bauer, which is a pickup for them in the offseason, Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw for their pitching staff. So nice. I, it's they're stacked, and it's not even fair.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I remember the Dodgers lineup last year, and then I can see why they won a championship. So, um, And a lot of people are picking, picking them to win again this year, but we'll, we'll see how that plays out throughout the season. They're going to be hard to beat for sure. Uh, next question, uh, who will hit the most home runs this season? Uh, I'm going to say
1: Mike Trout. He will probably, he will probably hit about 40 or
0: more home Mm. runs this year, I think. How about on the Blue Jays? Who gets the most, uh, home runs on the Jays? Uh, it's going
1: to be between Springer and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. But I think I'm going to say Vlad Mm. and he will get about 25 to 30 home runs, I think.
0: That sounds like a fair guess. I would have gone with Guerrero Jr. as well. Um, so who is, which team is your kind of dark horse to surprise this season? Uh,
1: Probably the Los Angeles Angels. They're <laughs> just based off their first games. They're four and two right now, which is really good. Um, they have arguably the best hitter, Mike Trout,
0: mm-hmm. and they
1: have their two-way all-star Shohei Otani. Um, So they historically haven't really been that good. And I don't think anyone really expects much of them this year, but I think they're going to, I think they'll actually be a contender for the AL title this year. So they would be probably my dark horse pick.
0: Nice. Uh, Is there any young players in the league or on the Jays that we shall be, all be keeping tabs on? Uh,
1: If we're talking all the MLB I don't think I can answer anybody except Shohei Otani.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's 26 years old. Um, he's the number four starting pitcher on the Angels right now, and he hits for himself, so they don't need a designated hitter, nice. which is crazy. So just to give a little perspective on that, uh, three days ago, April 4th, was his first start of the year. He threw nine pitches that were 100-plus miles per hour. which is the second most by an angel starter since pitch tracking started in like back in 08. Wow. His fastest pitch was 101.1 miles per hour, which is the fastest by a starter this year. That's crazy. And in the same game, he hit a home run with the fastest exit velocity so far this year, which is 115.2. And that's even faster than Mike Trout's fastest exit velocity this year. That's crazy. And then when he's not pitching, he is the DH for the Angels, or he plays in the outfield. Wow. So you've got a guy that's a starting pitcher, DH is when he doesn't pitch, or plays outfield. Like, he's, he's like what every kid dreams about being.
0: Man, talk about a utility player, right? <laughs> talk about utility. Like, <laughs> wow. This,
1: this kind of thing hasn't been seen since like the 1920s. So mm. it's, uh, Every game is basically history-making with this guy, so no he's kidding. the guy that you want to keep, t- keep tabs on for sure.
0: It's good to know. Uh, which Blue Jay are you most excited to watch? Uh, if you'll let me pick two.
1: I have two that I sure. <laughs> uh, am keeping close tabs on. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is going to be one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think this is going to be a breakout season for him. Um, just from watching him in spring training, he has a way better eye. So he's got a lot less swing and misses, mm-hmm. and he's doing a lot more walks. And he's adjusted his hitting angle. So he's hitting it at a bit of a lower angle and golf swinging it a bit.
0: So right.
1: he's not hitting these super hard line drives anymore, and mm-hmm. they're going up in the air more, which I think is going to translate to more home runs. Nice. But um, Alejandro Kirk is one player that i'm probably the most excited for Hmm. uh after vlad came up he was our number one prospect aside from nate pearson um and he's a catcher which we're definitely in need of right now Uh, he debuted last season for just nine games near the end of the season Mm -hmm. and he hit uh, 0.375 with a home run wow um he was expected to start in triple a this year i believe but he was so good in spring training that uh, they wanted to continue developing him in MLB instead. All right. So he's going to be trading off with Danny Jansen in the catcher position. Nice. Um, so he's kind of the opposite of Jansen where he's a really good hitter, but his defense isn't great. Whereas right. Jansen's defense is really good, but his hitting is not. Right. So I think this guy is going to um, learn a lot from Jansen and playing in the MLB. And I think Mm -hmm. he's going to be probably one of the best catchers in the future. So he's, he's probably the one I'm most excited for.
0: Nice. Well, that's probably the first time I've heard his name. So I'll definitely be keeping an eye out for him this season for sure. Oh yeah. Keep, keep your eye on him. (laughs) I will. Uh, And finally, the question that we've all been waiting for, what is your bold prediction for the Jays? Oh man. So my bold prediction is that
1: the Toronto Blue Jays will win the American League championship title within the next two years. Um, But realistically they have a five-year window to do it and Mm -hmm. contend for the World Series championship.
0: Nice. Well, Hey, you know what? I like bold predictions. um, So that's great. I I look forward to seeing if you are right in the next two years.
1: (laughs) Well, I really hope I am because I would love to see that.
0: Yeah. I mean, personally, as a, as a, kind of casual baseball fan, I mean, not really fan, but watcher. Um, I remember <clears throat> watching the Jays and their last time they were in the playoffs and they made that run, you know, they had people like Bautista and, and Kardashian and and Donaldson. And, of course, the, the bat flip that Bautista did, man, that was that was an exciting time. So if the Blue Jays can make it again in the playoffs, you know, I might get really back into it and watching it and, and seeing if they, they can, you know, win that championship for the American League and see how far they can go.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. And actually, fun fact, you, you mentioned Josh Donaldson, mm-hmm. but uh, Julian Merriweather, who I uh, mentioned earlier, he was the guy that we traded for, uh, or traded Donaldson for. Oh, to get.
0: interesting. So, yeah, so he's, uh, it's paying off. Nice. Well, I mean, again, Donaldson was a, an all-star, so it's good to see that getting him, or trading him out, brought in something good back for the Jays. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So any last thoughts on the season ahead this this current season? Uh things we should know, players, teams that we should be watching or anything like that?
1: Um definitely the Angels and anytime that you hear Shohei Ohtani is getting a start, I would probably look at that mm-hmm. because it's it's something that we haven't seen for a very very long time. Um a pitcher that hits for himself without a designated hitter. And does it well, gets home runs, and throws 100-plus mile-an-hour fastballs. So that's always exciting. And then uh, up-and-coming teams like the Padres, who are supposed to be making a pretty big splash this year, who are typically known as a not-very-good team. Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. Those are are probably the two major ones, I would say.
0: Nice. Perfect. Well... Brett, I want to thank you for joining me today on The Box Score. It has been an honor and a pleasure. Oh, it's been a pleasure for me as well. Thank you for having me. And I'm sure we will speak again about baseball. As I mentioned, I know nothing, uh, and I now have you as a very close friend, and I will definitely want you back on the show at some point in the future. Oh,
1: I'm looking forward to it. I love talking about baseball.
0: Perfect. Well, all right, there you have it. The Blue Jays, according to Brett, will win the American League Championship within the next two years. And only time will tell if he is correct about that. I want to again thank Brett Edgecombe for being on the show today. And let's go, Blue Jays! The NHL trade deadline is under a week away and it'll be interesting to see how COVID affects the amount of moves. Will teams hold on until the offseason or will some teams try to make splashes as they gear up for the playoffs? I could talk about trades for hours and rumors for hours but I will try to make this super quick. The Flames, I really don't see them being very active. Maybe shipping out Sam Bennett but they will not be buyers and honestly that would be a big mistake. The current roster, it does need to shake up but let's leave it for the offseason. It's been hard to get a read on this deadline. I'm curious to see what the Panthers and Islanders will do. Both teams have been pleasant surprises this season, but both have lost huge contributors in Aaron Ekblad and Anders Lee. Will the Panthers try to land David Savard from Columbus, and the Islanders maybe Cal Palmieri from New Jersey? Only time will tell. Here in the North Division, will the Oilers be active? The Jets, Canadians, and Leafs have all made good changes in the past year. Will the Oilers be busy this deadline? Some names out there as well, Taylor Hall and Jack Eichel in Buffalo. At one point, I heard rumors of Eichel to Calgary, but that has since died down since the Flames have slipped out of a playoff spot. A couple of experienced veterans could add appropriate experience to a playoff-bound team, including Dustin Brown and Ryan Getzlaff. We're kind of all over the map here with this deadline. Outside of Cal Palmeri, there are no surefire players that will be traded. Now watch, Palmeri won't be traded just to prove me wrong. More on the trades in the coming weeks on my weekly episodes of Garbage Time. So as we wrap this episode up, let's jump right into the final minute of play. Alright March Madness is in the books, congratulations to the Baylor Bears defeating the Gonzaga Bulldogs ending the Zags' hopes of a perfect season, Baylor has a great story and a well earned championship. Baylor winning helped me win the March Madness bowl, despite my horrendous start. It's been 3 years since a tragic bus accident that took the lives of 16 members of the Humboldt Broncos, injuring 13. This week it was announced that they'd be building a tribute center and a roadside memorial to honor the members of the team that passed. Back in the NHL, a couple of coaches called out their team's Todd McLennan in LA saying the Kings are not a playoff team and in St. Louis, GM Doug Armstrong needs a team to flip the switch leading up to the playoffs. And does anyone have a dark horse surprise for the rest of the season in the NHL? For me, keep an eye on the San Jose Sharks. Bang! Okay, that is all I got for this episode, I want to thank Brett again for joining me today to talk about the Blue Jays and baseball, looking forward to having him back on at some point. Time is back next week, will we have seen any trades by then? Most likely, would not be shocked if Taylor Hall and Cal Thelmary are traded very soon. Thanks for listening everyone, and until next time, stay safe out there, peace!